Hello and welcome to the Grapeseed Official Podcast. In this episode of the All These Things series, we will focus on shared reading big books. Shared reading big books are similar to shared reading poems, which we talked about in the last All These Things podcast, except they are books that are, well, big. You will be sharing the reading experience with your class, including opening up the book as you start to teach it and closing it at the end. We talked before about concepts of print and how text can be read in different ways in different languages. Book covers can also be different depending on the language books are printed in. Typically books in English have their front cover up when the spine of the book is on the left. But in some languages, Japanese for example, the front cover is up when the spine of the book is on the right. You will have two big books per unit in units 1 to 10 and three big books per unit in units 11 to 20. From units 1 to 10, big books have a tune associated with them, while in 11 to 20, they do not. The text in all big books is large, so it is the focus here, just like in poems. You will find that big books tend to be big hits in your classroom. Unit 2's Blue Song is a favorite among students and parents, as is Unit 10's Purple and Unit 4's Green. In early units, these materials will tend to bring up the energy in the classroom. So let's talk teaching method. I mentioned before that in units 1 to 10, big books have a melody with them. In general, you will want to sing the big book once and read it once. It doesn't matter too much which you do first, but follow the directions in your lesson plan. In either case, you will hold the book open with one hand as you point with a pointer at the text with the other hand, turning the pages as you read or sing through the book. That's really all there is to it with respect to teaching method but there are things you'll want to take note of and avoid when teaching big books, smaller mechanical details that can make a big difference in the classroom. The first of these is making sure all students can see. We have talked about this in the other All These Things podcasts, but it is especially important here because these are books and not simple teaching cards. Think about your students' field of vision. If students are in chairs, it is common for students on either end of your seating arrangement to have trouble seeing. If you're in the corner or on the carpet, students close to you but on the ends tend to have the most trouble. Adjust your chair, the height of the book, and how you're holding the book to make things as easy for your students as possible. It can be helpful to have a colleague come in and hold the book as a teacher as you sit in different places to see how much your students see when you teach. While doing this, you also want students to be able to see your mouth. This means you will need to practice in knowing where to point on different pages so your face can be towards the students and not focused looking at the book the entire time. This will help with student pronunciation, so make sure to practice holding books and teaching them beforehand. When doing songs, you may have to change the card you are displaying to the students as you sing. This tends to go smoothly and not take time. But with big books, if you're holding a pointer in one hand and the book in the other, Turning the page will take a few seconds, seconds you don't have if students are singing the tune of the big book at the tempo they hear on the audio files in their REP. Early on, when you are reading or singing, make sure to pause as you turn the page and be ready to point to the new page before you start singing or reading again. When it is students' turn to sing or read, make sure they pause too. You want to avoid a situation where you are fumbling with the book and students are continually singing. Remember that with these materials, the focus is on the text of the book. If you aren't pointing to the text, you aren't hitting your learning objectives. So let's move to positive things to do to increase your effectiveness. 
The first is a simple one, building comprehension of the language in the big book. With the focus on the text, it can be easy to forget our ultimate grapeseed goal of helping students acquire language to communicate. Look for opportunities to help students understand what the language means. One example that immediately comes to mind is the Ford Big Book with the line, oh, I don't think that's very nice. Without proper context, your students won't understand what this truly means. So look for opportunities in your classroom to use it naturally, like when students are not listening or aren't sitting nicely. If students understand the language and what it means, it will deepen the connections they're making as they continue learning how to read. In later units, you will use big books to help explicitly talk about concepts of print, like you did with poems. All the same tips apply. Think through how you will teach what is in your lesson plan. What simple explanation can you use for different punctuation marks that uses language students already know? Make sure that even when you are focusing on concepts of print, that you still read with natural expression to serve as a good model for your students. My personal tip on being effective with big books is to use extra time during your lessons or before or after your lessons to make activities that get students using the language from big books. If you look closely, you can see that the language in big books is quite simple, but at the same time, widely useful. Let's look at some major expressions used in just the first two units of big books. Do you like questions? I have sentences and I like sentences. That's a lot of really useful language. Look for that extra two or three minutes to get kids talking. Make the language come alive. I talked about this example in the Open the Box podcast for Unit 3, but my go-to example here is for the three big book, for the lines, I see three birds up in the sky, one is red and two are brown. Most classrooms have blocks, usually of different colors. Grab a variety and model your example. I see three blocks on the floor, one is blue and two are pink. You can then switch up the colors of the blocks, but keep the number steady and see if students can say the sentences. Something like, I see three blocks on the floor, one is brown and two are blue. If your students need a greater challenge, you can start mixing up the number as well as the location to really get them thinking. You can end up with something like, I see five blocks under the chair, two are blue and three are brown. The major keys to keep in mind with these is that you only do them when you have that extra time. You model an example or two to set your expectations, and you make them scalable in difficulty. All these together will keep these activities time efficient while being high impact on our students' learning. One last recommendation is to use big books to help target phonograms you need to review in your classrooms. We also talked about this in the All These Things Poems podcast, but if you notice students struggling with a particular sound, you can look for places in big books that have it as well to review it. This goes for all single-letter phonograms and even multi-letter phonograms taught in Units 9 to 14. If you see your students struggling, look for ways to support them. Know that you can find that practice here as well as in poems if you look closely. Hopefully, this episode has given you some new ideas or tips that you can employ in your own classrooms. If you have any other great ideas on using big books effectively, feel free to send them in to mailcarrier at grapeseed.com. As always, thank you for listening and good luck in the classroom. Hey everyone, quick announcement. The podcast audio files have a new home on the portal. While you could access them before in the general tab of the digital resources section, you can now find them as their own course in the teacher training section, alongside our extensive library of videos. One cool new thing to mention is that transcripts of the podcast can be found within the Grapeseed Official Podcast course, 
in case you are having trouble hearing or understanding something in a particular episode. You will also notice that the podcasts are grouped according to their particular series, like Open the Box or Grapeseed Friends. So if you're looking for a particular type, you can easily access all of it at once. Happy listening! Goodbye, my friends, goodbye. I'm sad to say goodbye. It was a good day, but now I will say goodbye, my friends, goodbye. Goodbye, everyone.